Vincent. Yeah, Richmond. Hi there. Hey, we've we've made it. We've made it. Um, it's for for people listening because um, we're we're right into the recording now. Uh, we've been faffing around for about twenty five minutes with with internet issues. And um, just, I mean, straight up, what what kind of effect does that have on on our communication when when you've been trying to get in from two different places? How does that affect it? Yeah, well. <laughs> A little bit frustrating that the technical things aren't working and uh, no offense to you of course because this was really uh, yeah just an internet issue and yeah we both don't know why but um, yeah it, if if the technical things are working uh, things are yeah much more convenient and easier and so yeah it should work just to have a good communication with each other. Um, and yeah, it's unfortunately, we can't see each other now. Uh, we, uh, we just only speak with each other and not uh, having a video call, uh, which is a pity of course, but yeah, we'll do with it and uh, probably we'll manage. We will, we will, we, we yeah. will, and you're, you're right. I mean, thanks for pointing that out because we, we were planning on doing a, a video. But these are kind of real-world issues, aren't they? I mean, this is the kind of thing that, that happens. Yeah. Um, and and we'll, we'll get into the to the meat of, of that. Um, so, Vincent, I mean, I, uh, well, we met, didn't we, on online uh, yeah, probably a few a few weeks ago, as, as it happens these days, of the mm -hmm. positives of social media. Um, and I was struck by some stuff that you were writing uh, and you posted around communication because I, I think it's so important, as, as do you. And, and so we've come together to, to chat about that. Um, so, so maybe you could just introduce yourself um, and, and just tell the listeners a little bit about what, what you're doing at the moment. Um, well, yeah, quite some things. But um, the most important thing is that I... Um, I work for one day with uh, with patients, seeing patients uh, with um, yeah uh, musculoskeletal pain problems, um, and I yeah I really like what I'm doing. I'm I'm, I'm working in a in a center, a sports medical center in Papendal in Arnhem, uh, and yeah I see a lot of different people, um, uh, very challenging cases you could say uh, and that's what I like about it I'm, I'm here in my career um, that I yeah I, I really enjoy helping people with complex problems yeah um, so that's that's one thing and the other um, days of the week and sometimes weekends um, I work as a trainer as a teacher um, on in several places, you know, all, all kind of postgraduate courses. Um, I work at the University of Applied Sciences in uh, in Nijmegen, uh, in Rotterdam, and uh, I'm working uh, in a in a postgraduate program in uh, the University in Leuven uh, with uh, with Wim Dunkards, and uh, yeah, I really enjoy that too. Um, and yeah, besides all kind of little projects and, and things like that, I, um, I also wrote a book. Um, I think, yeah, communication is, is really the heart of our profession. And, um, uh, yeah, I was, 
yeah, it, it surprised me that there wasn't a book. So in, in yeah, quite some years ago, 2012, I, uh, I started writing on a book uh, um, committed to uh, physiotherapy and communication. And yeah. um, uh, I, I um, finalized that in 2016. So there was a Dutch edition then. And uh, uh, 2021, uh, I rewrote some stuff and uh, it was translated, translated to, to, uh, to English. Uh, and it seems to, yeah, uh, to, to, to offer people uh something it's it's yeah it's selling okay i've heard yeah. from elsevier and well i've got some news about that uh oh um, that uh yesterday i've got this email from elsevier that uh, the book will be published uh in a few weeks in spanish right so that's yeah more or less the the third language it is uh, it is published in yeah i'm proud wow. of that yeah, absolutely. Uh, do, do you speak Spanish? <laughs> no, no. I've, <laughs> I've, tr I've Googled uh, um, the title. I thought, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is a, a quite a, a white, uh, quite a, um, a one in one translation of the of the English title. And yeah, that that's true. Uh, so it's communication skills for physio therapists uh but then in in spanish but yeah i don't speak any spanish no not at all ah okay so you might you may have to learn a few words but but actually <laughs> i've i've got the uh the english version right in front of me here yeah great um and it's it's excellent it's excellent um when when was it that you sort of realized or thought hmm communication is is the essence of or at the essence of what we're doing here as as physios um, and there's a there's a real lack in my kind of training, perhaps you know the basic training, which yeah. when whenever that was. Yeah. Um. When did you have that sort of realization, and what what happened? Yeah. Well, uh, good question. Um, that that was quite early in my uh, work as a physio. I started working in uh, um, 1989, and um, I've noticed that I've I did have longer conversations with my patients. I, 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 um, there were a lot of uh, colleagues that yeah, start working and and um, yeah, manipulating massage, mobilization, and all sort of things. And I noticed that I I yeah more often uh, talked to patients, had a, quite some extended uh, chats with them. Um, and um, I acknowledged um, some, yeah. How could could you say that uh, that that the patient should understand his problem um, more than than yeah um, than moderate uh, because then probably he can do something about it himself. Right. And uh, I also noticed that I valued the autonomy of the patient very much. So I I was trying to uh to to involve the patient in what should we do um well probably it was some shared decision making um 
avant la lettre, you could say, uh, uh, then already. Okay. So it, yeah, th th this this um, came quite early in my career, and um, I, I, later on I graduated as a as a manual therapist in in uh, the Netherlands and um, started teaching also uh, quite early in my career, but. Um, somewhere in the 90s i was thinking well i'm i'm fa i value this topic so very much um why don't dive into it really uh, uh and and um uh, study psychology so i i did that um and the debt in 2005 2006 um and that really developed my uh, communication skills. And of course, I've had also some courses. I've had some supervision from from uh, uh, some people who were important for me, uh, who were yeah supervising me in my development of of my uh, communication skills. But uh, that, that that's more or less my well my route, my 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 way to to develop me in this uh, in this part. Yeah. So while you're, the majority of your colleagues were kind of getting stuck in trying to, I think we could probably say fix people by doing stuff to them. Yeah. You, it occurred to you that sitting back and, and actually listening to the person and, and really involving them from the outset and creating a, a partnership seemed to be a better way, particularly, uh, I guess, for the more complex patients. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, a man, I was I was 23, 24, I think, a man about 50 years old. Um, and uh, there was one uh, consultation that we only talked with each other. That was new for me, too, by the way. So, so <laughs> yeah. don't misunderstand me. But um, uh, we, uh, we uh, in the end, after half an hour, we said goodbye. And, and he said, well. Thank you. This was really, really helping me. This this conversation, and uh, yeah, it's strange. Uh, I've never had this before with a physio, only talking. But yeah, it seemed to work for me. It seemed important uh, to do this. Um, so yeah, that that um, more or less learned me the value of this. And I I don't think that uh, we should do this all the time only talking with people that's not what i'm promoting i think uh, communication is in the heart of of the, the physiotherapy profession uh, you do this all the time and i think you should do this professional in a professional way so that's uh, be, that's that's why you have to uh, work and develop on these skills and and these skills are much more complicated than you uh, think in first hand. Th th that's what I discovered. That's what a lot of participants of my uh, of my courses discover. Uh, so wow, this is much more harder to do than I thought it was. Um, <laughs> um, a few months ago, there was a participant uh, who said, "Oh, well, I've discovered something." I've discovered I'm addicted to closed questions. <laughs> so uh, 
and and there yeah there's so much value in using good open-ended questions to 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 get the story of the patient uh, uh on the floor on the on the table um, yeah and and that's what he was reflecting on yeah yeah i mean what a what a big move for for that participant to, yeah, to have that realization uh, yeah. and i guess i guess a big part of uh, your your course your training certainly at the beginning is is people developing that self-awareness of well, what am I actually doing with people? How, yeah. how am I doing it right yeah. now? And that self-discovery, you know, that can be quite a bumpy road for some people. It can be bring up quite a lot of resistance, I would imagine. Yeah, yes. Yeah, here and there uh, it is, but it's... Um, um, the, the, the courses uh, I try to, uh, to give is more or less in the same style um, as that I, I uh, um, try to guide my patients. So uh, guiding a patient and uh, guiding participants in a, in a communication course are, well, much, much like each other. <laughs> they, they don't differ a lot from each other. And of course, there are some educational uh, principles and uh, all kinds of stuff that I also uh, uh, use in, in my courses. But um, handling resistance with a participant is yeah, almost, almost the same, I should say, than handling resistance with a patient. They yeah. don't prefer, I think. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll get into resistance in a second, but just, just for yeah. clarity for... For listeners who, who may not be totally sure what an what an open and closed question is, could could you just describe them and, and maybe give an example? Yeah, well, um, um, lots of open questions uh, do start with a a a, a, a we uh, w sorry. Um, I've, I have to translate now in my head <laughs> from <laughs> to English, but. Um, uh, so you, 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 your question starts with what, why, uh, um, where, when, all kind of that kind of stuff, and the question uh, can't be answered with a simple yes, no, uh, and things like that. Uh, a close-ended question, uh, in the other end, yeah, then that can be answered with a, a simple yes or no or A or B. Um, and um, I think you could say uh, an open-ended question um, um, just gives the patients more space uh, to, to think and to feel for himself and to try to find the words for that. And the closed question, well, it it um, it no, uh, you can't say it doesn't do that, but it do does that uh, less uh, actually. Right. Yeah, it it's I suppose in a way the closed questions are, are more about the the therapist or the clinician either getting a quick answer about something that yeah. they might need to mm -hmm. know, so that can be useful. Or to kind of direct someone in a particular way, or perhaps to confirm something that the person's said or saying, almost for their benefit rather than, than yours. So the patient is able to confirm something to themselves by going, 
yeah that's that's true that's what i was saying or, or no that's not what i said yeah yeah true so yeah thank you for this um yeah that's that's also a good uh, a good additive what you do there yeah thank you and then the you the resistance that you mentioned uh, you know i think that that's probably a big part of of what we encounter with with our patients because they're coming in they don't really want to be there of course because they don't want this issue that they've got mm-hmm. and they have to start where they are and that's hard because they don't want to be suffering they want to be feeling better yeah and um and we're then presenting options things that they can do to make their life better off the back of what they've they've told us hopefully in 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 some depth so right the way through that there's all these opportunities for 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 resistance popping up in lots of lots of different ways yeah true so that being a you know a big part of this kind of journey with we're sharing with with a patient it only seems logical that we'd be developing skills to to deal with that mm-hmm. what what would you recommend that uh, that people think about in terms of dealing with with the resistance coming up yeah um yeah well this is really really important i think it should be a, a really core skill uh, from our from us physios to 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 deal with that um the, the first thing to I could I, I would like to say about that is um, it starts with your attitude. Uh, uh, it starts with um, how you you are, how you be there with your patient. Um, it must be really a collaborative uh, relation you have with your patient and uh, it should be that everything your patient thinks or says, um is okay it 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 it's okay that it's there and that's what you yeah you you um you show in your verbal and nonverbal communication to the patient so that the, the attitude i think is is the really beginning and um i've yeah i've really seen um uh, some really um, good clinicians uh, with with such an am- admirable uh, attitude working with clients or working with colleagues uh, patient uh, understanding empathic um, so um, for instance uh, yeah we na- named Steve Ronick uh, the founder of motivation interviewing and he wrote the foreword of my book, and mm. when you see Steve working, he's he's so good with patients. It's really, yeah, it's very enjoyable to see. And a lot of what you see is uh, attitude. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I've seen uh, uh, Peter Sullivan, for instance, working in in the his CFT workshop in London. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it uh, very, very much how he works with patients. Uh, yeah, in a more yeah, it's... yeah, in a more technical uh, way. Um, 
reflections i think yeah is the first thing that come in mind to me when when working with uh, uh, resistance or challenging patients uh, trying to uh, to find words to uh, to understand the patients to let him know that you understand and to help him uh, coping with this um, maybe uh, different ideas uh, help him uh, understand uh, why he's thinking things why he's feeling things um, so so yeah uh, reflections are really a, a, a very very valuable tool i think yeah well what would be an example of a of a reflection um well I've, maybe uh just an, an, an idea um, um, I've had this patient um, uh, last Monday and she was quite frightened uh, about moving her her neck uh, she was often in a lot of pain and she had all kinds of uh, messages that that really didn't help her to become less fright frightened you could say and um, um, yeah, I, I invited her to, to do some things, uh, to move a little bit with her neck and, um, she wasn't saying anything, but in the way her nonverbal communication, uh, came to me was that, um, yeah, she, she, she would try, she would, uh, uh better stop and she, she, yeah, was too frightened to move any further. Um, so it was, she was not saying it, but I yeah. was seeing it and feeling it and then uh, said something like, uh, oh, wow, this is challenging for you to, to move uh, to the right and to the left with your neck. And that touched her. That You saw, wow, hey, this man is understanding me and... and uh, he isn't pressing me, but um, so that kind of reflections help people. Um, and you can connect and it helps them also um, to try uh, to move, uh, to try to do yeah another, um, how, do, how do I say that? Um, uh, sometimes my English is an, an, another attempt uh, to make the movement again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow, because it's such a simple tool. Yeah. But yet there's so much to it. Um, and and it's also very human. And, and I think that's one of the beauties. And of course, this is, um, you know, one of the, tools of mi if you want to call it motivation interviewing mm -hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure that's the best way of describing describe but it's it's one of the things that, that that you can do but in a in a very natural way yeah um where you're coming alongside that that person and yeah. they know that you're there for them and as you described you know you were then aware of how she responded to that and you've got mm. to be in the room, haven't you? You've got to be very present to notice it, to be able to do that and to notice yeah. these things. You have to yeah. be present. Yeah, you, you, yeah, really be there. 
uh, no other things that that um, um, ask for your attention or whatever. Um, and maybe it's nice to say, to tell how it goes further, because the next, so there was connection with us about my first reflection and the next uh, reflection was a little bit more challenging uh, because I was saying, so yeah, maybe you would like to try another time. Um, so that's uh, going a little bit further and trying to be there with her and at the same time guide her a little bit further in yeah doing things that she is yeah frightened of anxious for that so and then she was trying uh, this um again and it it hurt uh, um, it hurt her um and then i tried to to uh, uh, to use an open-ended question and and uh, asked her uh, what would happen if you do this a few times more um well actually she didn't answer but she just tried right uh, and that's that really that's a nice thing that that's the, the moment um i really like i enjoy my work and i see uh, someone um yeah trying to be the best of himself and trying to 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 work on his progress and and uh, making steps um, yeah so yeah. yeah that's guiding i think more or less yeah i've also a lot of bad examples by the way but uh, of course <laughs> i tell you only the good one. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean look these things don't always work in the way no. we, we hope of course uh, you, you've you've used a couple of words um that that intrigue me and and really resonate one was you you said that you invited um the lady to do something that's a really interesting choice of word because, you know, as a, as a healthcare professional, we're often uh, or we're trained to, to sort of tell people what to do. So in this situation, do this or do this exercise or, yeah. or, or don't do that. Mm -hmm. So very much me telling telling them. But you, you've, you've used the word invited, which which I often use as well. Maybe yeah. you can just tell me what, what you mean by that. All right. Yeah, well, I think that's um where the the um the autonomy comes in it, uh, um a lot of our patients have to to change something uh, to really recover um so there is also there's always uh um some behavior change involved um and sometimes maybe not behavioral change but but uh, change in in mindset maybe or change in ideas or perceptions actually education is also uh yeah something you could you could name as as change um and um the problem is we can't change people they only can change themselves and that's why inviting and and guiding um, and assisting are um, yeah helpful words in in this context i think yeah well that's that was the other word that i i heard you use this this guiding yeah and previous chat we, we both know um steve ronick and, and he was the person i first heard use the phrase 
you know, a guide on the side, not a sage on the stage, which which really resonated this idea of of following the path with Uh someone and being a guide. But I don't I don't think that necessarily comes naturally to a lot of physiotherapists, again, because of training and ideas about what we what we do. So that that seems to be quite a shift for people. Do you do you find that in your courses that the idea of guiding and inviting and and being there with a, with a patient is is kind of unusual or or strange to them or are they already there when they come to see you no it it, it is it, it's um yeah you could say we're um a lot of us are educated um more or less as uh, the problem solvers um so that's how we often look to ourselves we 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 solve the problem um and you see a shift of course the last um 10 maybe 20 years more to yeah but the patient is uh, maybe also a problem solver or maybe the most important problem solver and we have uh, we we can help him with it but yeah in the end um, uh, the patient has to do it himself um so that's that's more or less a a shift um from um yeah the, the fixer there to more or less uh, yeah you could say coach or teacher or helper or maybe something like that um um so yeah people people uh, start realizing that uh, the world is changing and their their role is also uh, changing and i see a lot of um really committed uh, healthcare professionals especially physiotherapists i see in, in courses uh, who are really trying and willing to make this uh, shift and yeah that's great to work on i think uh, yeah i really enjoy that yeah and and you're at the forefront of that you know with this this work on on communication felt that that for for chronic pain for example you know physiotherapists are are in the best position to be the key person to help if if someone could only see one person i think that physiotherapy would be in that position because of all the things that are offered um you know by by the clinician um in in your in your book um you, you talk about these different roles yeah, and this kind of ties in what I was just saying there about because I think that the the physio plays plays a, all of those roles at, at different times, and you've identified them really nicely, so it's very clear for people to to understand. Yeah. Uh, you talk about the confidant, the the coach. Obviously, that resonates with with me enormously. The coach, but you don't hear people talking about it that much. Bit more now, but so that was great. The communicative detective and the and the teacher. Yeah. Maybe you could just say a little bit about those those four roles, how you see yeah. them. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. To start with, the communicate and uh, the confident is, uh, of course, uh, yeah, the most fundamental role you could say. Uh, without uh, a, a good uh, therapeutic alliance, uh, working with a patient, uh, well, is more or less uh, invaluable, maybe impossible even. Um, so it's it's the fundament. This role is always present uh i should say and and it isn't um uh it 
isn't domain specific you could say so so being a confident for your patient um you don't have to be uh, a physio for that okay. uh, you, you, you uh, understand um so that's fundament um and the other roles are um yeah on this fundament uh, the communicative detective you could say is more or less the the um the role you have as a physio during the diagnostic part of our of consultation so uh, doing an, uh, a history taking and hearing the patient's story uh, doing a physical assessment and uh yeah coming to patient-centered goals and shared decision making uh, that's that's the part uh, for the communicative detective um, and it must i think it really must be communicative so it isn't a silent detective it isn't uh, uh, only being an expert of course there's a lot of expertise in this detective role but you have to do it um, uh, while you're communicating with the patient and trying to um, yeah already taking them a little bit uh, uh, in the in the change you want to make with the patient you you have to communicate about what you are doing uh, what you are seeing how you interpreted these things what you are seeing and what you think um, and then there, there there yeah becomes a lot of more value in in your uh, consultations i think yeah. uh, than when you are a silent detective um yeah the, the the third role the the uh, the coach um you could say the coach is uh, really committed to the behavior change part so trying to uh, develop um, a healthy lifestyle uh, have enough sleep uh, um, caring for yourself uh, um, yeah doing enough exercise being fit um, coping with stress that's i think where um, the role of the coach um, um, is for to to help people through this behavior change in uh, in in these yeah topics in these problems yeah and and of course lifestyle is the fundament of uh, of our health in general so uh it's also the health the, the fundament for uh, uh yeah uh, a healthy musculoskeletal uh, system so we yeah, yeah a lot of, with a lot of patients we have to work on these i think yeah um yeah. and the last rule the fourth the fourth uh, rule is uh, of course the teacher we yeah we we inform and educate our patient about all kind of things and and um so it's an, also an important role. Um, and yeah, maybe um, I could say something, yeah, a little bit about this role um, more in detail. Um, mm -hmm. Often teacher is about uh, telling people. Uh, so the teacher is, we often think, uh, is sending information. Um, but yeah, if you, you look at literature and, and changing in how people are educated, um, there is a tendency to more uh, also guiding people through information and and 
trying to elicit information from the patient instead of putting it in. Um, so you, you see this, yeah, guiding and evoking work um, that you do, uh, for instance, as a coach, uh, you do that also as a teacher. Uh, yeah. So, so there, yeah, and, and that, yeah, um, our, uh, um, I experienced that all these roles uh, ask um, more or less the same skills, but also some different skills, and you have to practice these roles. I, I can't tell you how much I have practiced to master these roles uh, in the way I more or less hope <laughs> to do to do now. It, it, yeah, it's it's valuable, but it yeah it really takes an effort to to do this in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess there's there's no end like the root of mastery. There's no there's no end to that. You no, continue true. sharpening yeah, your your tools. Yeah. But you also have plenty of opportunity to practice because uh, you know every interaction, whether it's at home with loved ones in yeah. a shop, buying a ticket with colleagues, with you know these are all opportunities to to become more skillful at communication. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in these different ways, and and I guess this sort of seamless slipping into these into these different roles when 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 it's appropriate and it's interesting you know you talk about evoking um you know having those kinds of conversations where you're evoking ideas from from that person and there's an implicit suggestion there that 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 person you know has knowledge you're respecting that they they have views they have beliefs and you're 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 acknowledging that aren't you you're you're kind of saying hey look you're the expert in you here and, yeah. and I can come alongside you to to help with the various things that you need help with. Yeah, indeed, that's it, and that's more or less the the attitude uh, uh, in it. Uh, you work from this attitude with your patients. Yeah, too. It it seems then that the the attitude oh, you call it the attitude. There's a, that's a big part of the MI, isn't it? Of motivation interviewing as well, isn't it? This 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 way of being this seeing people with with positive uh regard you know that seems like the first the first step and there's some simple well not necessarily simple but practical things that people can can do to start that process themselves um yeah so can you repeat that but because i don't really know what you mean now yeah yeah let me let me rephrase it and actually just before i do isn't that a great example of um, a, a communication skill where I've asked a question, you're not <laughs> sure, so you've actually just asked me to clarify it. And, yeah, and, yeah. and is that something that we commonly do or do we kind of just make a ham fist of it by thinking we know what the other person's saying and, and then we reply and, and we're all at cross purposes. So by the end of the conversation, neither really know what the other's talking about. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, You're on a different table. So that that request for for clarification, um, I thought was quite interesting that you you said that, and I think that's a great thing to highlight for people. Um, so no, my 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 original question was um, whether there are some some simple practices or simple things that people could do in order to start developing their approach their their attitude or building on an attitude they already have that you think would be helpful 
Um, yeah, well, that's a really good question. And um, what would yeah, what would help? Um, I think um, ref yeah, in, um, reflecting on um, what am I doing is maybe the first step because there is a lot of you could say perception bias. Uh, in in reflecting on us uh, on ourselves uh, when we're in action yeah um so what i do a lot of uh, in in especially the postgraduate programs uh, i'm i'm more or less responsible for for a few um is that uh, yeah uh, the participants take the students take uh, uh, audio recordings ah. Um, and yeah, it is, of course, it is a, wow, quite a <laughs> thing to record yourself and to, to, to listen back. Um, I know I've, I've experienced that myself too, but there is a really big, but, uh, it's so really helpful to, to really hear yourself and to get a, um, a good view, a good reflection, uh, an honest reflection on yourself by using this uh, this audio uh, material. Um, I think that's yeah uh, uh, an important tool uh, yeah. to use, and it's well, it's quite easy nowadays with a, a smartphone. And uh, of course, uh, ask your uh, your patient uh, if it's okay, and that you use it for yourself and delete it afterwards uh, try of course to, to do this in a in a in a good way um, so that would be one thing um, another thing would be um, yeah just try to focus uh, some time just on on one thing uh, for instance how do I start my consultation how do we do this um, do I do this in a way that uh, a patient is uh, involved right away or um, do I do this in a way that a patient more or less is uh, the, the, yeah, the victim, eh? you could say, mm -hmm. the, the, um, not really part of, of the process. Um, and um, when you see that, uh, well, try to to yeah to develop your skills try to develop uh, ways to do this in a different way yeah. uh, look at other uh, uh, physios uh, yeah maybe read read something about it um, and and try to change that uh, or yeah just another idea um, just focus on uh, how often do I use open-ended questions and I often how often do I use closed closed-ended questions and and why yeah uh, where could it be better um, etc etc et so just step by step because this is uh, not only an important skill but it's also a difficult skill to do this in a professional way um, try to develop this uh, step by step just yeah uh, 30 years ago i i i, um, I learned uh, manipulating uh, the cervical spine 
you learn that also step by step repeating it uh, just a little bit more like this or maybe a lot more like that um, working on your on your uh, velocity on your speed or working on your uh, and etc etc so communication needs the same thing step by step working on it and uh, especially working on it uh, during yeah quite some time so it's yeah. not a few months and then you're ready but you have to yeah to be busy with it for yeah maybe even a few years yeah yeah and and there's there's something that strikes me that's even more fundamental and and that's the, the the most amazing instrument that we have and that's our our, our voice um, and things like tone and volume uh -huh. and yeah. and pauses and and really honing that what what are your thoughts on on the the voice as an instrument and how we can cultivate it wow that's yeah i um in cultivating and developing um I'm well maybe I'm not an expert in that it's I I really experienced that uh, myself as a as a as a yeah complicated thing um and um um the thing is that um there is a lot of value in this this nonverbal part of course um, um but it's also f uh, um, for a, a great part it's uh, uh, unconscious it's it's just um, it's just happening yeah uh, and, and most of the time it's happening because of uh, things you think or uh, uh, about the patient for instance oh really oh that's some passive type of guy and when you're thinking that this uh, your tone of voice will start to change and not yeah. really in a helping way. So um, I think on that part, it's, it's really, um, yeah, the, the attitude, the, the, the concepts you use about patience, about change, about uh, how people become healthier, um, that are maybe even more important and the, the non-verbal part becomes uh, after that. But I know that, uh, if you are, do you have different ideas about that? Because I'm interested in that too. It's, I, th I think this is a complicated topic. Yes, it, I mean, it is. Uh, I mean, as you said right at the beginning, it, it, it seems simple and then you scratch and then you know, beneath the surface, there's, there's so many interrelated aspects to it. And you touched on something I think is very important there, and that is that you know the way that you, the way that you are, based on how you're feeling, and that can be subconscious. You know our biases towards other people, perhaps, will will affect how we how we communicate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and your voice tone, and um, and then that affects the 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 communication again. I guess that comes back to your your self-awareness, but also your self-care, how you look after yourself. Uh -huh. And that, yeah. you know, think about when right at the start, you know, so we had that, that um, we couldn't get online and we couldn't get the recording stuff going. 
for for a good few minutes and you know we we I think we were both pretty relaxed about that but but in another situation if if it was a clinic and and you couldn't make the connection um and and then you knew there were other it could you could quite easily get frustrated then elements mm-hmm. of blame might come or whose fault is this because we can have a tendency to do that as humans not that that achieves anything um and so by the time you start communicating your voice might be a little you know, more shrill, or or you might be speaking quickly because you feel real rushed. Um, so all of these things seem to affect. I yeah. mean, there are many things that affect communication. Yeah, yeah. In in that way, the yeah, the, the patient stories um, is one thing, but the the, uh, the 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 patient journey is one thing, but uh, the therapist journey is the other develop yourself as a as a human being as a person uh, and is yeah yeah very i think very important and maybe a little bit uh undervalued um in educational programs yeah yeah i th- i don't think there's a huge amount on self care no. um yeah. and and you know the kinds of things that we're we're talking about that you know if you look at uh, you know psychology there's there's um or, or various therapies you go through your own therapy don't you to to become that that therapist or it's it's essential that or that you have a mentor you know in physiotherapy you don't have to have a mentor no no um a few people choose you know i've always wanted one or two so i've sought mentors and other people yeah. have done that but it, i don't think that's the mainstream i don't think you know, I don't think that's the popular thing to do is to always have a have a mentor who no. helps you develop. Um, no, it isn't in the in the heart of our profession, and it, it, it indeed uh, in professional psychologists it is. It's much more, yeah, uh, already in their in, in their way of developing and and, and uh, becoming experienced as a. Uh, psychologist is uh, yeah stuff like intervision supervision uh, reflecting uh, and things like that yeah yeah it's it's an integral part of it um how how do you look after yourself what what's your sort of self-care regime yeah well um i try to 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 have a balanced life um especially uh, uh look good after my my sleep that's well i experienced that as quite important for me um i really like my work so yeah i work i think quite hard um um so yeah i have to balance that a little bit more uh, here and there i think but well i, I try to manage and uh, uh yeah i really like to cycle that is yeah really important for me to to get my head empty to to relax to yeah enjoy being in uh, in, in the woods or in mm. uh, the nature uh, so cycling for me uh, yeah is is really uh, yeah a great thing to do and that keeps me uh, yeah that keeps me healthy yeah 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 and and when it comes to working with patients or, or working with with students, do you do you have particular things you do to sort of get into the right 
state, could I say, or, or the right kind of mindset? Wow. Yeah, I, uh, I do, but it's, um, it, it became um, through the years quite, um, you could say, implicit. It's, um, there, were, there were years that uh, giving a course or uh, having a, uh, a busy schedule in, uh, in, in the practice uh, in working with patients, uh, um, yeah, I, I really have to prepare for that. Um, yeah, become um, calm and uh, get rid of my restless necks uh, on, on some uh, moments. Um, having a focus, uh, not becoming nervous uh, before giving a course, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do this now for more than 30 years, almost 35, mm -hmm. I believe. And um yeah i don't have to do this uh, really conscious anymore um and and it's yeah uh, it's nice to see that sometimes when i'm not calm and relaxed and focused i notice that um yeah in time and then uh, yeah, just do some breathing exercise, some um, uh, just a little mindfulness, uh, or just a walk, just to get the right focus and uh, the, the, yeah, the good state to work with. Uh, yeah, what, what what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you come across as, uh, if I can say, it, very zen. So it didn't it didn't surprise me the the types of things that you do there breathing mindfulness yeah. being yeah. being active getting into nature it's um, been quite different by the way in, 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 I think about the, the beginning of my my work as a physio um, I yeah a lot of problems uh, my patient shared with uh, with me um they were uh, on my shoulders, more or less. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, um, almost every uh, big summer vacation and uh, the leave during Christmas, um, the first few days I was ill. I was just ah. sick. Um, so I didn't manage my... Um, uh, my energy, I think, enough in the, in that uh, uh, in that period. I, um, and one day, I walked in the uh, in the library, and there was a book. Uh, I don't know the the English title, but it was a book of uh, uh, a pair, a couple from uh, Americans, Lundberg, um, and it's the title is something like. Um, have letting the problems of people uh, by themselves and not taking them uh, with you. Right. And I saw this book and I thought, wow, <laughs> this was waiting for me. I guess. <laughs> so I read it and it's still in my, uh, in my own library because that was a value book for me uh, to, to let go 
to be empathic and and uh, compassionate with my my patient but also let go uh, yeah. Uh, yeah another part of it and that yeah. not not having everything on your shoulders i think that's such an important point isn't it um, particularly yeah. for um you know the the, the the new the new sort of graduates um, people starting on their career in, in whatever healthcare profession it is you know nursing physio doctoring um, yeah sure. and and those that might be stuck in that pattern it's so common you know to to sort of survive the working weeks you know sort of desperate for the holiday and then as you said getting ill um, and then repeating that pattern, and then you realise actually I need to look after myself all the time, not not just uh, not just kind of recover from what I've what I've been doing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it seems to take us a fair amount of suffering and repetition of that before we kind of go right. Maybe there's a better way here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I see. I, I, um, I just looked up the the, the title, the original uh, English title. Ah. And it it's yeah. Um, wow, this book still exists, and it's um, and it's more than twenty years old. But it's pressed again, published again in two thousand eighteen. And the English title is "I Don't Have to Make Everything All Better." Uh, Make edition thirteen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if my book <laughs> will make that. Well, uh, I who hope knows? So. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that would be great. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it, because I think that the skills that you and, and the approach that you describe, um, and uh, I, they're timeless, I think. And particularly yeah. now where, where our styles of communication and the generations coming through, there's a lot more, you know, digital communication. It's not, it's not human communication um you know the, these are the skills and and it's and it's you know the layout is it's very user friendly uh, there's great examples of of conversations which i think are really useful for people to to read um there's no what i would call waffle you know with some books there's a lot of padding there's there's no padding it's all interesting and and, uh -huh. and more yeah. importantly really useful and applicable yeah, so people yeah. could literally, um, you know, pick it up, and uh, and as you said, you know, they might focus on particular skills. Right, I'm going to focus on my role as a as a coach this week. Right, doo -doo -doo, right. this is what I'm yeah. going to do. So they can make their own plans from it. Um, so no, I wouldn't be surprised Thank if you. when when we retire, it's still going. Um, I hope it is anyway. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. That's yeah. In the end, that's why I wrote the book to, yeah try to to change something uh on this topic yeah and, uh, yeah i hope i hope it uh, yeah it will do something yeah definitely definitely i've just i've got one more uh question um uh -huh. and and that's really you know your your positioned as an expert in in communication does does that bring some pressure do you feel right i always have to be doing it really well because you know i'm i'm you know the communicator do you do you feel that at all no i don't no um and that's what um especially in postgraduate courses we we give some attention to that it's it's um yeah you, your whole profession is uh, a journey for yourself 
uh, and uh, yeah, you have to try to do your best, your your utmost, your to be the the two hundred percent of yourself. But um, there are days, or there are uh, connections sometimes that that don't work. Uh, you don't sometimes. I also don't have enough connections, enough um, collaboration with my patient, and I'm working on it. I'm trying to do my best, but sometimes it doesn't work, and I don't. Not uh, sometimes even don't know why. Yeah. Um, but that's that's part of our job. Uh, we're we're human people, um, and. The reflection, um, I think you have to make as a, as a profession, professional is, uh, did I do my best, really my best? Uh, and when the answer is yes, then be satisfied with it. Yeah. Uh, don't um, blame yourself or something uh, because, yeah, sometimes it doesn't work with you and the patient. Yeah. Yeah, and as you said, sometimes we just don't know why, and, and we have to just let that be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as you said, a great sort of self question, isn't it? Did I did I do my best with with what I know and and the, the conditions? Did I do my best? Yes. Okay. I yeah, might be yeah. able to learn something, but yes, I did my best. Um, True. That's fantastic. Now, Vincent, it's been brilliant to and and really interesting listening to your your thoughts and and your insights so thanks so much for for coming on and, and being a guest um where, where can people find you um yeah i really appreciated the, the talk with you um i never thought i would have a podcast talk for more than an hour in english <laughs> uh, so yeah that's uh um that surprised me a little bit too but yeah i'm, I'm happy with it uh, so thank you for the invitation again. Um, yeah, people can find me on on Twitter. I have a, a Twitter account at communicator PT. So that's at communicator PT, and um, uh, probably when you Google my name, you find my you find me too. Yes. Um, I have also a, a little English. Uh, website, of course, I have a Dutch website, but yeah, for most people, it won't be really interesting, I think. Uh, but uh, the English website is physiotherapy. Um, I don't know, just uh, uh, something in between a little, no, not an underscore, but a, a little dash. Ah, yeah, yeah. communicate. Yeah, physiotherapy communicator.com. Brilliant. So, um, and I'm not really a very frequent uh, tweeter, but well, maybe it will develop um, <laughs> the coming year a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I've all, I've always have too much ambition. So, uh, <laughs> brilliant. Well, I'll, I'll put all the links on the uh, on the show. Uh, page and, and notes anyway so people can can click on those and, and to the book as well which uh, i would definitely recommend to people yeah so, thanks uh, great superb brilliant well thanks again 
and uh, we we did it's it's over now we could have got on for many more um so maybe we'll catch up again at, at some point um and, and do a little more but your english is is superb uh, right. I, there'll be yep. no problem people understanding uh, understanding this so uh, thanks again and uh, hopefully meet you soon yeah 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 very very thank you uh, it uh, i've just appreciated it very much so uh, thanks uh, richmond good stuff good stuff take care all right bye 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 bye